0: Coffee with Humans is live, candid conversations between strangers who become friends. Made possible with your support. Subscribe, share, and comment on your favorite platform. Get Coffee with Humans mugs and more. Links are at coffeewithhumans.com. Thanks for joining me. We are live with Coffee with Humans with my new friend, Paul. Paul, welcome to Coffee with Humans. Thanks,
1: Jason. I'm glad to be here. This is, uh, this is exciting.
0: Yes, that's good. I'm glad that you're excited. What made you click
1: the button to have coffee with me? Having coffee with you. You know what? Your theme seems to be one that I'm very passionate about, which is getting people to talk and communicate and just hang around and be cool, regardless of who, what, where they are and i watched a few and i saw a couple things live and i went and looked at a couple of things quickly we're all in that ad research center where we get 17 seconds of this 20 seconds of that, of and then you gotta make a decision for me it was a little bit longer but not much and i thought let's reach out and see what's going on and how it works and so far so good it's been good
0: well, that's awesome you are the i think the 69th live episode of coffee with humans
1: that's great a dumb fun fact about that is one of my favorite football team in the NFL is the Vikings. Okay. And one of my more recent favorite players, because I'm old, so I know them from a long time ago. And I've said there's been a lot of great players on that team. But he wore number 69. So how fitting.
0: That's really funny, because I was going to ask you after I said you're the sixteenth episode. I was going to ask you, is, does the number have any special meaning to you? And then you said that it's somehow has special meaning to you, which is really weird. It's a weird intuition thing. So I'm excited. This we're, we, What that tells me is we're going to have a really good chat,
1: I think. I brought the coffee, so I'm ready.
0: <laughs> hey, I brought coffee too. What Do you have a special kind of coffee drink?
1: I lately, I've been on a Lavazza trip. Huh? So I like Italy. Unfortunately, as we know, Italy is pretty shut down right now. But we weren't, nobody's going over to the pond anyway lately. But I got turned on to it over there. And they have European coffee and then they have Americano coffee. And But got hooked on the Lavazza, so finding it around here and that's what I got. Do you do the espressos when you're over in Italy?
0: The little, just little single shots?
1: Sometimes. It's usually a double because <laughs> okay. you're going and you're going and you're going. So you can't be yeah. fired. Doesn't matter if you're seventy or seven. You can't. You got to keep going. There's, there's so much to do and see. Um, Yeah, yeah. It's usually a double about ten o'clock at night. And then I usually usually do a an Italian mocha pot, one of those little uh,
0: aluminum thing that boils up through the top. And so I I usually do a triple. I have this three cupper, which is I think basically three shots. So I usually three shot mocha pot in the morning, which I did not do today, unfortunately. Not yet. Anyhow, I'll get around to it.
1: Uh, So. My wife turned me on to what she calls Greek coffee and Turks make it the same way. And it's very similar to what you said is the pot, it goes into water, they bring it to a boil, they let it come down, they bring it to another boil, they pour half of it off in a small little cup and then they bring it up against what foams, they pour that in the top and then they bring it and you don't drink the whole cup because the sediment sits in the bottom of about a quarter to a third of it. It's so rich it's funny she can drink that or she can't drink this espresso and really i don't understand that yeah i can't so i, I think they're very similar but and it's interesting because they call it greek coffee they don't grow coffee beans in greece so i asked her why do they call it greek coffee <laughs> yeah
0: that's interesting i started experimenting with turkish coffee last year and and the and i see i made i don't know why she doesn't why she doesn't do espresso but in my experience espresso through a real espresso not through some like nespresso type thing but a real espresso there's a richness to the coffee absolutely Um, and it's almost like the it doesn't have sediment in it but it has It's almost like it's got particulates. It's a full cup. And my experience with Turkish coffee is the grind is so fine. It sinks to the bottom, like you talk about. So it sinks to the bottom and it doesn't end up in the top part. And I wonder if there's a, you don't really drink the, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if there's just a difference like on her palate or
1: the- But she gets to near the bottom, like anybody, when it gets that thick mud almost, she could stand a spoon in it of the grinds in the bottom of of the little tiny cup. She gets any of that taste, she's, oh, so- Yeah. That's why I thought the espresso would be good because it's that yeah. full richness and it's all the way through it. And I don't understand, I'm not a barista and never played one in a movie. So I can't <laughs> understand the difference between the espresso, which blends it all, and the Turkish or Greek coffees that don't.
0: Yeah. One thing I did discover about Turkish coffee is that sometimes they have like cardamom in it. So there's a, yeah. there's spices in some of them. But then i found some that didn't and i don't i don't know does she drink something that's just straight up coffee or is it coffee with spices
1: it's she buys my wife's persian and she buys it okay. in a persian market and she buys caffeine and decaffeinated mm. depending on what she's looking for she buys them both very finely ground just like you said, and it will pretty much foam up and explode if you're not careful on stove topics. We've seen that in the house a couple of times.
0: I have a confession to make. This in my coffee with humans mug, I have instant hazelnut coffee, oh, which that's cheating. I know it's been sitting in my it's been sitting in my kitchen for a long time, and I look at them. and I'm like, these need to just be gone because I can't. I don't want to throw them away, but I don't like them, and I'm too kind to feed them to anyone else. So I thought, just go for it, Jace. You'll be fine.
1: You can make your milk pot later. You're taking one for the team, right? You're suffering for your fans and for your friends and relatives that might come over. And let's play the the hazelnut thing, I'm completely not a fan either, but visited some family that we hadn't seen due to COVID in months, right? Close family. And they asked me if I want a coffee. And I completely forgot, because it's been a long time, that their idea of coffee is they brew hazelnut regular coffee. And so when it comes out and they set it in front of me, I could smell the hazelnut, and I went, oh, boy. <laughs> so I'm going to suffer through this, and I drink mine usually black. So then yep. I got about a quarter of the way down, and I'm like can't do this anymore. Do you have any cream? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we got a cream. And they came back with a big container for the cream or a liquid. And guess what kind of creamer it was?
0: Oh, no, really? <laughs>
1: hazelnut. <laughs> So I went, oh, I asked for the cream. I got to be polite, splash, put it in, and then muddle through another quarter of it. And you know what? It's gotten cold. Can I just have some water? <laughs> and that's what happened. So I applaud you for taking one for the group on the hazelnut. Yeah, hazelnut. I, Sorry to all those hazelnut people out there listening to this. Can't do it, man. <laughs> yeah,
0: all the people who actually don't like coffee, they just they like their creamer with a flavor of coffee, which is, I don't – uh I don't understand that at all. I'm just getting coffee. It's totally fine. I'll drink it.
1: I tried it and I don't know. I don't know if you ever did much, but grew up you watch your parents drink coffee. So you try the way they make it. I think that's yep. usually what happens. My dad was in the second world war, so his coffee was literally cooked in the inside of a metal helmet over a fire, handful of coffee grounds, bunch of water. They boil it, they pour it in, they're chewing grounds, but they're getting coffee on wherever they're going on their massive camping trip, so to speak. And so when he got home, he was putting cream in and sugar because they was looking for that. And it was real cream back then, right? And real sugar. My mother too. So I started drinking it like that. But over time and the health stuff, you drop the sugar and you go to the artificial stuff. Then you read that with the 27 syllable words and you can't pronounce <laughs> and you have certainly have no meaning what is in that stuff. So, you stop with that, and you finally say, You know what? Sugar's bad for you, so I'll stop drinking with sugar. You try going just with cream. Then you talk to the paleo people, and they say, No, no dairy. Okay, so you drop the cream out. But even during that time, I tried some of the flavored creams the same way, I so I can't do it. But that's how I got the, to the black. It's like, Cream's bad for you, but I'll still use it from time to time. But usually, it's bad. <laughs> long story short, my, my coffee journey throughout my life, now my son he was in Brazil for a small, short period of time, about eight months. And he went down there. He was in his late 20s at the time. Just drank coffee. I don't even know how he drank it. But he came back and he said, I can't even, I can't drink anything but pizza or Starbucks. Now, because everything down in Brazil is just this heavy, thick, rich, not literally, yeah. yet, but just strong and not in large <laughs> mugs like this. Decent sized cup, but that's what you get. And he got hooked on the different flavors and tasting actually the coffee you described it to me we come over and he's got i got pods downstairs for him from pete's just so that if he feels like a cup of coffee he comes by we've got a strong enough coffee for him and uh, he's a greek coffee turkish coffee fan now too so we're it, off on it, all this
0: all this brings to my mind this idea that you were talking about communication and leadership and I, it occurs to me that when we use words like coffee there's actually, coffee is not just coffee to everybody. When I say coffee, I don't generally think of instant hazelnut. I think of my mocha pot that I have. And like you talked about, when we first start making coffee, we tend to make coffee the way our parents made coffee. And until we may find out, somebody introduces us to something new and they're like, oh my gosh, no, I hate that coffee that I used to have when I was younger. Or like somebody somebody travels to to South America, the coffee is different right? Or Turkey, the coffee is different. And I wonder, I wonder where that connects with you in terms of your concepts or your thoughts of communication that have been on your
1: mind. Yeah, certainly over the, I've noticed throughout my whole life as I retrospected to the, it as cloudy and complicated it has been like all of us. And even today in in, in business, I've talked to some people about this is that almost the the lack of solid good communication is the crutch of so many problems i'd love to say all of them and maybe that is true but i haven't taken the time to chart it because i don't know all the problems in the world of course but even between my wife and myself i'm thinking one thing i don't say anything something goes the wrong way she doesn't she's thinking something different like the proverbial cartoon or that we've seen where the the man and woman are laying in bed and the woman's got a little caption above her head. I bet he's thinking about another woman and the guy's sitting there going, I wonder who's going to win the football game Sunday. They're just complete. And, and neither one's saying to the other, I know I'm up and I'm thinking, but I'm thinking about something stupid, hon. Or the wife is saying, who is she or whatever. And you could tail that through the biggest problems we have today, politically, socially, and it's all over the place. And It's being communicated to me in a way that's not fair. And we're getting blasted with the wrong side of things. I was recently talking about that, is that the immediate information age, which was supposed to be so wonderful when we read about it in 1984, in the book 1984, back in 1974 for me, you read about it, it's like, oh, this is going to be so great, but it doesn't turn out that way. Things like this are fantastic and there's a lot of this but there's also a lot of this stuff that is junk and causes people to do things they might not normally do This immediate need for information so the communication purity i think is definitely watered down and infected in a lot of areas and therefore people get the wrong assertion you know, whether in any level i, I did, we could say anything and that seems to be where it is because you can't understand somebody thoroughly if you don't communicate with them. You cannot connect. That's my point. And when it talks about, I talked a little. I've talked about to other people, and I think about this revelation. It doesn't matter who you are, or where you are. You're leading somebody somewhere by example, generally by actions and words. But if you can't communicate with them and connect with them, how are you going to ever lead? And that doesn't mean if you're leading your house and your kids, or you're leading in your job, or you're leading a community, you're leading politically, if you can't reach through. Some of the best leaders in our country were fantastic communicators, even though their ideals and philosophies most people may not have agreed with, or they did agree with. But when they were able to communicate so thoroughly, people bought in. And some of it was charisma. Of course, that's always part of it. And some of it's just the way they explain their situa- their thoughts, the way they explain their points, the way they explain their ideas. And so the communication piece over the easiest stuff, and you're 100% correct, we like to travel. We've been to Italy a, a, a few times. And we were chatting about that for a second. Now, the Italian people are just wonderful and warm, everything I've experienced. And I've gone to little towns and got out of the way, and I've been in the big cities where all tourist traps are. But generally, when you ascertain out, as we might say, in the boondocks of Italy, no matter who you walk up to, you find with them, they're open to some common ground of communication, even if the language is not there. And we were, we were traveling. So short story, hopefully, we'd gone to Sicily. And my father, during the Second World War, had landed on the opposite side from Palermo when they came into Sicily. And I said to my wife and my friends that we were traveling with, we're renting a car and we're driving across the island. They looked at me like I had two heads. I said, no, I want to go over and see where my dad was. This is really important. And so we drove across the island. And it's not that far. It's an hour and a half to two hours. About halfway over, we saw in the middle of nowhere, because that island is pretty desolate on this main highway that cuts it in half. All of a sudden, this mini town pops up. And a little sheets kind of gas station thing is there. So we pull in and we're going to get coffee and stuff. And we're communicating with the person behind the counter and we're listening to them and everybody's speaking Italian, and we asked them if they speak English and they said no. We had no problem communicating with them. and then they, they were very hospitable and we got our coffees, we got our Danishes, we got each one of us got a different something to eat. All four of us had different kind of coffees. It was, we had no issue communicating even though the language wasn't the same. And there was smiles and there was handshakes and then there was something about, we picked up, they were wondering where we were traveling to. We said we were going to Julia and they said something with the word beautiful in it and see you later. And it was like that. So if that can happen in the middle, halfway across the world like that, why do we have so many tro- so many problems, so much trouble when two people are doesn't matter if I live on the same street, same town, same country, same hemisphere, the communication. And it's because I don't think we're taking enough time to connect. I think it's that, like I said before, you know, that 16 second, mm, the 14 second, this here, 30 seconds there. I formed an opinion and now I'm moving on because nobody's perfect. So there's only one. And that's I, a-
0: I had a similar conversation with my daughter not all that long ago. It might have been the past couple of days. <clears throat> And we were talking about, what was she telling me? I can't remember, I can't remember the exact topic that she was bringing up. Yeah. And I started to, oh, <laughs> it was COVID,
1: <laughs> that's what it was. Okay, so we are talking
0: about COVID. And she said, dad, do you think COVID's stupid? I said, no, I don't, not at all. I've never said that, never once. And she says, yes, you do. And I was like, no, I don't, I've never said it. Tell me when I've said that. And she was convinced in her paradigm that I thought COVID was stupid. And I was, and I have only said, I think the response to COVID is not stupid, but I think the c- response to COVID, I w- I think we should re- we should be able to consider different things. And I said, I asked her, "Can you articulate what my point is?" I said, "I can fully articulate what your point is. Can you articulate what my point is?" And she said, "No, I don't know what your point is." And I said, "Then you have no room to take exception with it." Because until you can fully understand, until you not fully understand, I don't think that's necessary, I don't think that's necessary even, but until you can articulate what the other person's point is, it's very hard to take exception with it. You don't actually know what you're taking exception with. And I think too often, just as people, and I'm certainly convicted of this as well, we hear something, we immediately filter it under under the some sort of filter to ensure that, that we are uh, almost bolstering our own opinions, right? Not reconsidering our opinions, not taking our opinion and setting off the side for a little bit and fully jumping into another person's opinion or or insights or reality perspective, perhaps, and then we take exception with it, but we don't actually know what the other person is saying. And I think there's this idea of in communication or connection, because I think people can communicate without connecting, but. This idea of real connection you we must be patient enough in our own insights or our own perspective to just set that down for a little bit we can come back to it later and fully jump into the other person's perspective see their world for a little bit and i think that has a tendency to change our own worlds being introduced to new types of coffee you know oh my gosh i didn't know i i didn't know coffee could be so diverse
1: i didn't either actually till you six and years.
0: I, and i think a lot of i think a lot of our understandings of each other would function the much the same way we'd step into another person's world or their another person's perspective another person's culture another person's reality and we might go oh my gosh i had no idea that's what the world looked like
1: extremely well said and i think that's the basis for much of the dissension and the i don't know what the word is Animosity is probably the word between any groups. You pick it, doesn't matter, is because we're not taking enough time to listen to what's really being said. Because again, we're in this snippet of attention problems today where we, even if we don't have the issue personally, we still don't listen long enough to hear what's being said. I hear what you're saying. I'm just not listening. It's that comment
0: and I, I think, think you're right. I feel I also that some of the really- topics that people are discussing nowadays are topics for therapy, right? So if <laughs> you, you know, you've ever gone to therapy, right, you kind of lay your soul out mm-hmm. to a person, and they ask you good questions and give you good insights. That's what how it should function, and when we're talking about deep-seated emotional issues, those are re- those are things for therapy, and I've never, not once, seen therapy real therapy play out in public it's there's a reason the therapist does not invite all of your family and friends to therapy as well and say hey let's let's what are your thoughts 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 because all of these things begin in us And our response, we are responsible for our, we are responsible for our feelings. We're responsible for reactions. We are responsible, responsible for our actions and our thoughts to produce those actions. And I wonder if we began to approach some of these topics, some of these challenges with the perspective that you can't take anything from me. I'm complete in myself. And I don't need you to agree with me and I don't need to agree with you. What I do need to do is I need to be able to, I have a curiosity about your world. Like what does the world look like from your perspective? Because there's <laughs> almost eight billion people on the planet, which means we have eight billion perspectives. Think about it that way. Eight billion realities. And the US, if the US is the US is this little interesting, it's such an interesting melting pot, right? That's what we've the the melting pot. Because the and this goes back to an interesting book that I read called Crucial Conversations. The premise of crucial conversations is that. In, whenever we get to emotionally charged issues, we need to see the conversation in between us as a pool of shared meaning. And I love the word, the pool of shared meaning, because we, I take, a, I take something I'm talking about, I put it in the pool of shared meaning, and you see it, detached from it, but you see it, and you're like, oh, here's actually what I mean. Like the coffee conversation. I make coffee with an Italian mocha pot. And another person might go, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Italian mocha pot. I What? How do you even spell mocha? M-O-C-H-A? No, it's M-O-K-A. Huh? Or <laughs> we make Turkish coffee. We just throw the grinds in there. And then, like you said, you double boil it. I've made Turkish coffee. I know what you're talking about. Somebody else has no idea. No idea. Another person's, I think, don't you take a pot, like a little plastic capsule and stick it in there and press it down? It's like, no, that didn't exist 10 years ago. Relax. The, so the, that pool of shared meaning If we just take our realities, put them into that pool, then we can more fully see a clear picture because none none of us walk around with the, I hate to say it this way, but none of us walk around with the banner of actual reality and truth. I walk around with my reality, which needs your reality to complement it and complete it.
1: There's a saying out there, perception is 100% of somebody's reality. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes. They did the study back in, oh, 9-11. Some people don't even know what 9-11 is, but if you research it, there was a, what was, what was it? A, a university professor. The university professor had the presence of mind on 9-11 to have all of his students, The when they came back to class, he had all of his students write down a fully document where you were at, what you were doing, who you were with, all of the events, right? And so within days, he had these papers of all of his students. And then a year later, he asked, he asked them to do, to do it all. all. And 50% of the information was incorrect. People wrote down that there were people that were there, there were places that they absolutely were not at. Wow. And, the, and the, the lesson in all of this, and it's corroborated among many different studies, the lessons are that we are already wrong to some degree, and about 50% of our information is made up in our head, and it has no, it, is, it is not correlated to how strongly we believe it. We can believe something that is absolutely, totally false. We can make up memories. I could take your memories and make oh, them mine. Geez. Our realities are constructed in our head. They are incorrect. And the end result of this was that the reality can be reconstructed when we have multiple overlapping Event or, or some, some other like video or evidence content. or something like that. But other than that, your reality and what I said happened, what you said happened, what somebody else said happened, where those coincide, we can say that happened. The other stuff, we actually have no idea. It may have happened. It may not have.
1: Yeah, I. You bring up two good points. The, the latter, I can com- I completely have seen it happen and experienced it with family members or i should say ex-family members but the, the, it's almost like the story remains the same but the people change and it's not really like that but what you're saying is i think completely true facebook is a reasonable medium to connect with friends that you've long since distanced from for one reason or another everybody's lives go different ways as kids come in and grandkids come in and all that your priorities change to where you're spending your time and Facebook has allowed for me anyway, to reconnect with some old friends from grade school, high school and stuff like that in college. And uh, we were all, some of us were communicating through a text string within it. And we remember the times, which it wasn't all that long ago, but it doesn't seem to be prevalent today as much or hardly at all. When we would disagree on certain subjects now everybody would think of politics first when I say something like that. And of course that was sometimes the issue. It could have been sports. We were big in the sports. My buddies and I, we were playing something. We were always doing something, even into adults. We got into, we played hockey together. We played baseball together. We did all kinds of stuff, but we would have disagreements. And some of them would get really heated and the dust would settle And we'd all get in the car and we'd go play basketball or we'd get in the car and we'd go out for drinks or two of them would go home and one would go home. And then the next day we'd all get back together and nothing was brought back up. We still had our arms around each other. We still were Mm -hmm. friends. And we were talking about because one friend of mine, actually two, are, are completely on the opposite side of some spectrum than I am and another one. And we all got together and realized this. You remember the days when you could have that, you could yell at each other and then you could come back and say, all right, bud, let's go get some chicken wings and beers. And right. it wasn't permanent and it wasn't right. personal. It was just, that's just my opinion. And I think we've lost a lot of that. You touched on this earlier, what you're saying there, we've lost a lot of that. You can have your opinion. I should respect that's the big one, respect and responsibility, I think is a major problem today amongst most people. I can respect your opinion. I cannot agree with your opinion, but that doesn't mean I have to hate you. That doesn't mean I have to dislike you. It could mean I don't want to hang around with you a lot, but I have a grounding in you. We were friends from early days. College roommates go different directions. And you come back and you're not the way I remembered you and you're not saying that and you're looking at them like, boy, I couldn't hang around them every day now. But you're still respected and care and love for them enough to say, let's hang out once in a while. Let's have a phone call a couple of times a year and stay in touch. I'm not going to alienate from you because now you're this side of the party, that side of the party, this side of the subject or issue, that side. And so I think that maybe it's empathetic. We lack the empathy to respect how we're supposed to be with each other and i think the intensity of today's capability of immediate communication with these things is the main issue i just do i think there's too much you look at a headline i've said this and it doesn't matter the platform i'm not gonna name names a lot of these different news groups but whether it's print coming in through there or it's on the tv the headline comes in and then you read down through the subject body matter and it all contradicts the headline and the headline's just there to get you to open the thing up because they're paid for clicks and you're reading through it and the ads are popping in between the text. and You're like, this isn't supporting anything that they're saying. And <laughs> what they're saying here, I think is generally untrue. So then you stop and you move on. It's almost forcing you to, a. am only going to give you 30 seconds. It says mm-hmm. four minute, right? to see, it. it's a four minute read. It's a three minute read. It's a six minute read. You go in there and it's not worth reading for four seconds because it's not <laughs> accurate. And it's like, yeah. lost so much of that. And so we talk about it. I just think people should just listen a little bit more. And those who are trying to talk and put the message out should be also empathetic towards the audience and not be. You don't have to scream and holler from the highest mountain to be heard.
0: Bring up an interesting and deep word. You're talking about empathy, and I think empathy connects with a couple other things I heard in your when you're talking about your buddies that you can disagree with, and then you go out and have wings and beer. It's hard to have empathy for a person that you do not know. I don't. I would venture to say it's made up, if, if that. And I'm not a good empathizer, but the it's if unless you've been there, done that, I don't know how to have empathy. I really don't for something. I've never been there, done that. It's foreign to me and I could manufacture it, but it's, a, it's like a pseudo empathy. It's easier to have empathy and sometimes very natural to have empathy for a person who I know and or I've been in their situation before. Because I, have, I know what that feels like, right? Or it touches me closely. And I think what I heard in what you're saying is this idea of proximity. So this, the digital connection is not a close connection. It feels like a close connection because we can use words and we can use them quickly and we're typing back and forth, but it's not me and you in a room And there's and it's a snapshot of what we're talking about. It's a snapshot of a conversation that never completes the loop of, okay, now let's go have wings and beer. What I think we're missing is how maybe you were raised Where it's, listen, you're, and I don't know if you've got siblings or not. I've got two siblings and my brother and I would just duke it out for a little bit. And that's what boys do. And at one point in time, we, we, I walk into my room and I have this line down the middle of the room and like one side was mine, one side was his. Only the beds were on the side that were his. So I had to <laughs> jump like, like across the line to, to, get, to get to my bed <laughs> or like I was going to be pinned down or something like that. And it was all, it was guys trying to find their sp- place in the world, which is fun looking back on it. And it was terrifying to, as a kid yeah. to go through it. But, <laughs> but when we would get in arguments, mom or would sit us down and say, "You talk it out, blah, blah, blah. And then she'd say, now hug. It was always this completed loop. It was like we were so heated in this thing that we I couldn't even step on one side of my own room. And then we'd come back around to it, to and now hug. And it completed this loop of proximity and care. And what you're talking about, this idea of, listen, we come at this from very different viewpoints. And I'm trying to hold my own. You're trying to hold your own. And at the end of the day, we're living in the same room. And we got to hug it out because otherwise we're just going to have to go through this loop again. Why? Cause mom says, and that's, I think a lot of what we're experiencing today. We have, don't know each other talking about things. They've never, they haven't necessarily experienced from the other side. And then we just get to duke it out in social media or in the news. And there's never, there's no pizza. There's no wings and beer at the end of the day. No, It's just more bitching on social media.
1: And you don't, I think you're right on the empathetic part. So maybe we translate that into what doesn't happen is we don't take responsibility enough to have respect for that person's feelings and thoughts or what they're saying. We just disagree with them and we don't. We think that they're making stuff up or they're jumping up and down to, to, to be seen. And, and goodness knows when it's on social media, we have a lot of, I call them keyboard cowards, that they're face-to-face. They're not saying of what they're saying on on, on that, whether it's in the Facebook worlds, Twitter worlds, or whether it's email, it's a lot easier to write something and push the button and then walk away than to talk to you face to face and say, I don't like the way you look. Why would anybody say that? It just doesn't make any sense, but that's the point. It's that ridiculous. And it's funny. One thing came to my mind was I remember being a kid, second, third grade. And my dad, there was We lived on a street. It was a cul-de-sac. I think there's 30 houses on the whole street. We're at the end in the circle. And a lot of kids in the street, a lot of kids same age, give or take a couple years. And a kid I played with a lot, and I had a disagreement. And we got into a fight. We're six years old, seven, years, probably some Tonka truck or something. I don't know. And we... Went home and I was disheveled and marked up. And they asked me, parents asked me what happened. And I said, me and Steve got in a fight. And what do you mean you got in a fight? You two are best friends. Long story short, my father took me by the arm and says, you're going down there and you two are making up. I'm like, what? And he called my friend's father on the phone. You know, the phone, the old phones where you had to take it and there's a cord and it had to dial with a circle. And he calls him up and he says, this is what happened. He goes, yeah, I heard. He goes, I'm bringing him down. We met on their front lawn and I'm standing next to my dad. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. And I'm like this, and he's next to his father and he's got this gnarly look on his face. And the two dads are talking, it was very simple. You two are best friends, you're gonna make up right now. It's probably a lot like your brother. And it's just like, you're gonna make up right now. No, and my father just looked at me and he gave me that dad look. And so I took a step forward. I'm never gonna forget this cause it was like traumatic and dramatic at the same time all altogether. So we, we shook hands and, okay, so went back home. Ten minutes later, can I go back out? Okay. I went right to that kid's house. He was already in his front yard. What do you want to do? Let's go climb trees. Yeah. Off we went. I wonder
0: I wonder who's the referee? Who's refereeing the battles that we have right now and saying, listen, you all have to figure out how to get along. That's Instead, we become more and more polarized. and with huge broad brushes. You all this, you all that, stop it. You don't know me. You have no idea. You've never talked to me. You infer some sort of intent. Stop broad brushing all of this stuff. And I I think that the way through is in a simpler fashion, right? We have complex arguments, complex decisions to make. I have a perspective, you've got a perspective. And then somebody has got to be there and say, hey, listen, we're trying to mediate this thing. And you two at the end of the day got to get along. And your life is as valuable to your, to you as that person's life is to them. We all want our, like me and my brother, I want my room. I want my room. Okay. We're stuck in the same room. How would you like to resolve this? I'm not going to jump across the line for the rest of my life. <laughs> and you can't pin me down in the living room and tickle me until I cry because just because you're bigger.
1: Sounds like you're speaking,
0: you know? experience. oh my gosh. He, at one point in time, I'm going to throw my brother under the bus here because I can. He, at one point in time, pinned me down, tickled me, standing over me. And then he would do this thing as little kids. So you try and spit and you'd see how long you could make the spit. And then you suck it back in. And he was tickling me over my face, pretending he was going to spit in my face. And he let it go too far. He sucked it back in. It broke off and hit my face.
1: Oh, Oh, man.
0: (laughs) Listen, you would get in a fight with a brother like that, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, how, but how are you guys today? We're fine. I mean, you're probably
0: great. Yeah, it's it, uh, I don't hold any. I hold no grudges. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so It's just people. It's people but kids. So it's like it, there's an immaturity to it. And it's funny at the same time because I, I had my own things. He had to put up with my gerbils that were in the room that would, like, I don't know why gerbils wake up at 11 o'clock at night and sit there in their wheel, or worse yet, like, bite on their cage for hours. I had no idea
1: they did that. It
0: was terrible. Oh, it's awful. I remember taking a moccasin of mine at one point in time, just chucking it across the room at the cage to try and scare them. Like, it was driving me batty. And he didn't have a choice. They were my gerbils. Like, so he had to put up with stuff, too.
1: You put up with the gerbils, and you put up with the tickling. So (laughs) the communication levels could increase to a higher level of understanding if we were just a little bit more respectable. And I think in a lot of ways, between immediate information from technology, immediate communication through social media we're not being responsible enough to own the fact that we need to be respectable. I don't know if you follow that, but I think that's a, that's a major problem across so many lines and people yep. jump to conclusions. Like you say, you don't know me. You're, don't, you can't, you're not putting me in a box. Cause you don't, I'm not letting you, you can think about it any way you want. And you're not somebody I need to be talking to much, but I'm not living that box. That's not who I am. And you don't know that. And unless you spend some more time with me to understand my thoughts, feelings, and concerns, don't be doing that. But we don't hear that. People aren't telling us that. I'm open at my, I'm in the baby boomer era, the tail end of it. My general thought is I don't, it doesn't bother me who, what, where you are, as long as you're not harming other humans, you're not harming me i don't have to believe in everything that you believe in or agree with every way you live but i have to and i do respect the fact that you are a person and that's your god-given right to be that way yeah might not be something i aspire to or i might be like i don't think that's a great way to live but it's not for me to tell them that they can't that's not my job so i respect them enough to say you're making your own decisions we're built to make our own decisions and then I was responsible enough to teach that I have four sons, they're all grown, they all got wonderful, they've given me wonderful grandkids. And they're fairly amount that way. If they vector either side of that line a little bit, like they all should, they got their own personalities. But in general, they they have a what they believe is right and wrong, but they don't say just because you're walking down the street and you have a beard, I shouldn't like you. They, and they would never do that because three out of four got beards anyway. And the fourth one's mad because he's the oldest and can't grow one. But that's another story. It's like that. And you know, I grew up in, a, in an area that was highly diverse. And my kids all were like that. And so they, some of the things that go on today or have gone on over the last 10 years, they don't understand why people get like that. And I hope I, we've done a pretty good job with the way they are. And when I think about leading, you lead by example more than you lead by words. You lead by example, by, just by being. Is it a problem to open the door for somebody out of respect or hold it as you're walking in? No. And can you say thank you to the cashier at a grocery store? I don't hear that too often when I go to the grocery store. Do we say it all the time? No, we forget a lot, but we try to. Thanks. Thank you. And then all of a sudden they're like, they're thanking me. I just took $180 from them and gave them four bags of groceries. But those little things on that communication level, just mm-hmm. make everybody a little bit more warmer. And this isn't kumbaya stuff. I wish it was. It can't be, but I just think that I believe everybody should just take a breath for a second when we're reading all this stuff in real time, in in hyperspeed time and warp drive time. Right. And like you said, let's see what they're thinking. Let's let me. I don't. I've not. I can't form a strong opinion when I've only been talking to you for forty-five minutes, yeah, or twenty yeah. minutes. Or we exchanged four nasty grams through LinkedIn messenger or Facebook messenger or Twitter for goodness sake. Oh my gosh. So maybe calmer heads prevail as time goes on. We'll see.
0: Yeah. I think if we were to, if we were to try and raise children with sound bites, I think we'd have a problem. And I, and I feel like the nature of kind of what you're talking about this idea of Everything's in social media. Everything's in hyperspeed. It's all this stuff all the time in little sound bites with things you'd never say to a person. And you actually don't mean if you thought it through. In some cases, it's like you haven't thought that through. The think that if we were forced to commune, if we were sometimes forced to be in proximity with one another, we would find that our goals are so much similar than they are different. And our enemies are so much similar than they are different. And we all end up at the end of the day, at least in the United States, and to some degree in the entire world, living in the same room. We're living on the same planet. I don't know how you want to slice this thing up, or we're living in the same city. How would you like to slice it? Like it's a little, it's a, it's an absurdity in some ways that we head down, and we are not that different from one another. We just don't know each other, and we, and beyond not knowing each other, we've never, we don't, we then can't have empathy for one
1: another. And how about knowing people? who are in spotlight, whether that's athletes, actors, entertainers, political people. I was talking to my second youngest. He's in his mid thirties. And we were talking about, he said, do you think that 20, 30 years ago, or when his grandfather was a young man, the political leaders in the country and the, all the players in this in, in, in both both houses were, were are as nasty, this is the word he used, as they are today. And I said, Probably. The thing is, you had no way to find out because when the reporter was in the room, he's you see him in the room, so you're going to be a little bit more reserved. But today, no matter what they say, no matter who they are. There's some microphone sitting somewhere or there's some camera somewhere or they themselves are putting something into a keyboard and bang, bang. So people have you immediately form opinion and yep, yep. you got to take it with a grain of salt. My grandfather said something to me and I my sons hate this because I say it too often. And he said, believe half of what you read and nothing of what you hear. <laughs> And my okay, grandfather was born in the late 1800s, and so he grew up through depression, world wars. And the point was verbal gossip is dangerous and has and always the story changes. Just like your yeah. example earlier with regards to 9 11 and the way that the story comes out immediately, and then a year later, the way the story comes out, it's the same thing with the gossip chain. And then when you're reading stuff, you got to understand the authority or the responsible person who's putting the stuff to words. My uncle was retired from a newspaper. He started out as a copy boy, and he ended up editor-in-chief of this newspaper. He he had one job his whole life. But he used to talk about reporting because he was a reporter for a long period of time, and it was about substantiating information and being credible. And you know you're putting your name to that, and there was an honor to that. I'm putting my name at the top of this. This isn't an op-ed piece. This is a fact piece. So I better make sure my facts are right because if it's proven not, my career is over. And I right. I don't think that we that happens a lot. It's just like sensationalism. So hopefully we can all be a little bit more responsible, a little bit more respectable one another. And like you said, that communication piece. <clears throat> let's have some patience.
0: Yeah, let's are winding down our time. I know that you are doing, you do leadership, I'm guessing leadership development stuff. And for our viewers and listeners, one of the premises of Coffee with Humans is I don't meet my guests until about eight minutes before we go live. We talk about virtually nothing important. I just do some tech checks and that type of stuff. And then we go live and then we become friends through time. So I only know that you're johnsonleadership.com. That's as much as I know. I've done zero research on you. So, what do you do? How do you do it, and how do you make a difference in regard to communication,
1: and connecting? That might be a good thing you did minimal research because we probably would have gone in like <laughs> some other directions. Or my focus is to help individuals and, but especially companies, communicate better within themselves and then to their world, whether they're generally their customer and. I believe that, as John Maxwell says, everything rises and falls on leadership. And I believe that you if you can't communicate, you can't lead. So we try to help with that. My wife is in a very important industry today, and she constantly is having communication problems with the groups that support what she does. And I hear that in a lot of different companies that I sent them three questions in that email and they answered the first one. What about the other two? I need all three answered. Now I got to wait and the delay and the, the service levels internally. And how do we make them better? And I'm really passionate about that. Cause I think that take a breath, take a look and build and work on the communication and other stuff can fall in a little bit better. Helps you become a better leader helps. And we lead everywhere. I said earlier, you lead at home. You lead at work, you lead at school, you lead at church, you lead just by who you are. So I'm working on that with people. And it's rewarding and it's fun, especially with believe it or not, with teens. I've been doing mm-hmm. some stuff with teens and help them with the stress levels today are through the roof, as we all know. Yeah. And helping them with communication, helping them understand, getting them to be respectful and think things through. And they're brilliant. These some of these kids that I've worked with. I'm so impressed and I'm so encouraged about that generation, that 13 to 19 generation coming in. It's, it's a small sampling, it's one part per billion practically, but and maybe it is one part per billion, but anyway, they're smart and kind of got it a little bit and they're open to learning and they're open to things. Sometimes you win and sometimes you learn and that's the whole point of like sports and that's the whole point of debates and that every not everything, not everybody goes home with a trophy. Right. <laughs> and we shouldn't be doing that yep. because why did you not excel and be successful, or quote, unquote, win at that? Figure it out next time. Don't have it that way. Yep. Communicating those points is important. So I mean, that's the big picture of what we're doing at Johnson Leadership. It's been a wonderful opportunity. And here today, it's just been great because this was a blast and a lot of fun talking about old stuff, you made me think of things all day today. I've got other stuff to do but my mind. will be wandering back to some of those memories that I shared with you that they just came up. So yeah. you're really good at pulling that stuff out, which is, I think, uh, important to the conversation, especially for whoever has the opportunity to, to listen to this down the road. I'm
0: happy that you joined me. The My major point behind Coffee with Humans is to break down barriers for connection, make it super easy to connect. And that's why I put it out there. If people want to have coffee with me, I'll have coffee with you. Go to coffeewithhumans.com. The only rule is no sales calls. That's it. Beyond that, let's talk. Let's, we, let's talk about anything you like. And, I, and if we're intentional about making this space, and I call it a sacred space, If we're intentional about making this sacred space where people get to come together to connect. We can make great things. And we can get rid of things that no longer serve us. And the world can be a better place. What, what won't happen, happen if is if we just sit in our corners, corners and stay, stay silent, silent or, 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 or yet, yeah. lob like, like shit bombs across the, across the, the fence to one another, that's not gonna go anywhere. The world will not become a better place. So get in the ring, talk it out. And I'm happy to make your connection. I'm glad that you're doing that stuff with teens. I think it's so important. And like you say, there's there's a tremendous amount of opportunity with young folks. And if you can invest your time and your effort and your experience, they need it. They need the experience just as much as we needed the experience when we were young. And we can level up. We can level oh, yeah. those people up and find it because they really are, they're craving that true connection and we need multiple generations to be able to pass on those
1: principles. It takes a village.
0: Right? <laughs> it does. I just wrote a card about that.
1: <laughs>
0: I was writing a thank you. I was writing a thank you letter to a friend of mine. And, and I wrote in there and I said, hey, it seems like it actually does take a village. Thanks for doing your part to bring the village together. <laughs> See? Perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Perfectly. Hopefully he's not watching because he's going to get a card now. He's going to be like, ah, I already heard that.
1: You heard it. We have to apply it. I One, one thing that I just thought of when you said that was that triggered me into talking to a person about posting things that were highly negative. You can, you can have an opinion. Guys of changing somebody's opinion on something. And I said, you don't know them. You can't make that happen. When you write that, do you really think that what you wrote is going to change their opinion of what they were thinking about to that subject matter? If I used examples, it'd be a lot easier, but I don't want to get into that side of it. So just stop doing it because you write it, then they antagonize back, and then they go back and antagonize back and And you're seven exchanges in, and now your blood pressure's up and you're frustrated and you're calling me up saying, can you believe this? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like... Stop trying to change people's opinions like that because you're only going to aggravate yourself. Tell them, you know what? You don't know me or you should think more about what we're saying. Try a different tactic. So tell them let's have coffee. (laughs) This is perfect. That is perfect. Let's sit down and just one-on-one, no audience, no spectators watching how we duke it out and let's bring, bring the cup.
0: Yeah, and then at the end, after we've argued, we would be like, hey, wings and beer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> wings and beer. I like that. Well, Paul,
0: this is great. I'm so happy to get to know you and the Good work all. that you're doing in the world. Good. And thanks to all of our viewers and listeners for joining us as Paul and I have got to know each other on Coffee with Humans, strangers who became friends, making the world a better place. Join us Jason, next time.
1: Jason, you're doing great. I appreciate being here. And it's just, I have blast, of course. Thank you, brother. I appreciate okay. that. Okay, see you.
0: One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me, coffeewithhumans.com.